You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, Episode 80. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast and welcome to 2023. I am so excited you're here. Wow. 2022 was such a wild ride. So many personal growths for me, so many challenges, so many successes, so many exciting things. And I know that 2023 is just going to blow 2022 right out of the water. I have so many exciting things planned for this podcast and for ways of health in general. And I really cannot wait to share it with you all. And we're going to get to that. But for today, I want to start the new year off strong with nice, strong, healthy, positive mindset on the weight loss journey. When I looked back on my client notes for 2022, there were seven different beliefs that kept being brought up time and time again by almost all my clients across the board. And On this podcast, you've heard me talk so many times about how important the mindset piece is to the weight loss journey and that it is not so much what we eat, but who we are when we eat it. And that's because I could teach you how to eat in a healthy way to guarantee weight loss in about an hour. And in fact, most of you could tell me how to eat for weight loss, right? Many people will say, I know exactly what I need to do to lose weight. I just don't do it. And there are so many different reasons for that. But one of the most common reasons is the beliefs that we have about ourselves and our ability to lose weight, the beliefs we have about food, the beliefs we have about our body, and the beliefs that we have about weight loss in general. These beliefs are so powerful because they inform how we show up in our lives. They inform the decisions that we make, and they inform how likely we are to commit and be consistent with the goals that we have for ourselves and the behaviors that we want to embark in on a day-to-day basis to help us meet our health-related goals or any goals for that matter. And so what I'd like to do quickly today is to go over these seven um, toxic beliefs that I hear women bring up time and time again. And I'll explain to you why they're toxic. And then we'll also talk a little bit about how you can pivot those thoughts to start to think in a more positive way to help you earn success on your weight loss journey. So here we go. The first belief that we hear all of the time is fat makes me fat or carbs make me fat or bread makes me fat or pasta makes me fat or you know whatever your food group of choice is that you like to demonize. This is a toxic belief. There is no such thing as good and bad foods. There's no such thing as good or evil foods, right? There is only food. And when we start labeling food as good or bad, we start labeling ourselves as good or bad when we eat them. And this is really the root of the problem when it comes to this particular toxic belief. Because if you identify fat as bad, for instance, if you decide that fat in food means fat on your body, every time you eat something fatty, you're going to beat yourself up. You're going to tell yourself you have no willpower. Um, you're going to 
hate on yourself for eating something that you think you shouldn't have. And you probably didn't enjoy eating that food because of all of those thoughts roaming around in your head. Now, the truth of it is we can eat almost anything and our body is going to know exactly what to do with it, right? I mean, if you eat chocolate bars for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day for a month, yeah, of course, you're probably going to lose weight. You're probably going to gain weight, right? You're certainly not going to lose it for most of us anyway. But the fact is nobody actually wants to eat chocolate bars three times a day for, for weeks on end. We want to have a varied diet. And so that's not even uh, you know a, a realistic comparison. But I bring it up because when we decide that things are bad, a couple of things happen. The first thing that happens is we want it more, right? If you decide that you can never have chocolate again because it contains fat, or if you decide you can't have your chips and dip because of the fat, all you're going to want is chips and dip because you've told yourself you can't have it. It's just the way the brain works. And then the second thing that happens is when you do eat something that you've demonized, you're going to tell yourself that you are bad rather than the food, or you are bad because you ate the bad food. And what happens to so many of us when we start beating up on ourselves, we eat even more because we feel ashamed, we're embarrassed, we don't know how to handle all of those emotions, and so we eat to feel better. And then the cycle just continues. And all of this happens because we have this belief that certain foods are bad for us. And so what I'd like to encourage you to think instead is that food is simply food. Food is fuel for our body, and that's all it is. We might eat it to celebrate sometimes. We might eat it because we're bored sometimes, but food itself is just food. It is not inherently good or bad. It just is. And we can have any food that we want without judging ourselves for it. Okay. So that one might be a little bit harder to wrap your head around, right? And I get it. I still struggle. I've had this long-standing fight with bread. You know, Weight Watchers told me some time ago that wait, that bread was going to cost me way too many points, and I decided that bread was bad, and this is something that I still struggle with on a day-to-day basis. And if I have a tuna sandwich for lunch one day because it's quick and easy, I actually have to do some thought work around the bread, right? And so believe it or not, I used to beat myself up for eating tuna sandwiches because of the bread. And I'm telling you right now, having a tuna sandwich is not going to make you fat, right? And the problem is, though, is every time I had the tuna sandwich, I would focus on the fact that I just had two slices of bread. That's probably going to go straight to my hips or my ass or my stomach. And I'm going to have to, you know, do an extra workout at the gym to make up for it. Or, you know, maybe I'll just um, eat less tomorrow to make up for it. And then I would get into this horrible cycle of how am I going to pay for the fact that I just had two pieces of bread? And I would get so overwhelmed by this and beat myself up so much that I would end up in a binge. And I did that for years. And the way that I've worked around that is by reminding myself that food is just food. And the other thing that I'm telling myself, because I I still haven't got to a place where bread is a neutral thing for me, is when I eat the tuna sandwich, I tell myself that this makes me feel full and satisfied and it stops me from going to McDonald's on the way home from work because it truly does. And I believe that the tuna sandwich is better than anything else that I would ever get at McDonald's. And let's be honest, I'm not ordering salads when I go to McDonald's, right? So that is how it works for me. I am still not at this 
place where bread is neutral and you may not get to the place where, you know, your demonized foods are neutral either. But you can at least start to tell yourself that food is just food food is just food and try to remove some of the drama you have around these food groups that you have demonized. Okay, so that is the first toxic belief. The second um, toxic belief that I hear all the time is related, related to this, and this is food makes me fat, or I'm afraid of food, or food is the enemy, right? I hear this all of the time. And my God, we need food to survive. We have to find a way to have a healthier relationship with food or we're just going to be miserable, right? And it is absolutely no fun having all of this mind drama about every little piece of food that we put into our mouths. And food does not make us fat. Everybody eats food and not everybody is fat. Some of us eat more food than we need. Some of us may eat more of the wrong foods, but we need food. We need food to fuel our body. We need food for not just the fuel, but for all the micronutrients that make our body move and function the way that we need to. Food is absolutely an essential component of our life. And like, think of how much time you actually spend with food, right? Think about the time that you spend grocery shopping, the time that you spend preparing food, the time that you spend thinking about it, doing meal plans and other things, the time that you spend eating, the time that you spend cleaning up after you eat. It is actually a pretty huge proportion of our lives that we spend engaged with food in one way or another. And if you're telling yourself that food is the enemy or food is evil, then that is a heck of a lot of misery in your life. And so if we can somehow work on separating food from how we actually feel about our bodies, that is such a great start in in terms of changing and improving our relationship with food. If we want to have a healthy relationship with food, we have to understand how essential food is, and we have to start looking at it from a place of gratitude for what it can do for our body in terms of the healthy things, and also a you know gratitude that we have access to so much food because it is so essential to our overall functioning and well-being. So if we can start looking at food you know, if you can't see it as a friend, because I can't see it as a friend yet either, at least just see it as a necessary thing and try to remove all of that extra drama around it. So one of the things that I like to say again is food is just food. Food is fuel for my body. I can look at food without having any drama. And I often like to say food isn't going to solve any problem other than hunger. And I really like that thought because when I start feeling the urge to eat to make myself feel better for whatever reason, whether I'm stressed or overwhelmed or bored or, or whatever it is, reminding myself that food won't solve this problem takes away all of the, you know, the angst and anxiety and fear that I start to feel when I get that urge um, to eat when I'm actually not hungry. Um, that has been such a powerful belief for me to hold on to, and it's made a really, a really big difference for me. So related to food being the enemy is the third toxic thought um, or, or toxic belief that I hear all the time, and that is hunger or appetite is my enemy. People will say this all the time that, you know, if I just didn't feel so hungry all of the time, 
my weight wouldn't be a problem. And they'll often feel angry when they feel hungry, not because, it, you know, it's a it's a hanger sort of thing going on, um, but they're angry at their hunger because they don't want to eat. And again, it goes back to this belief that food is the enemy and food makes you fat, that if you put anything in your mouth, you're going to get fat. And the truth is that we do have to eat. And hunger is actually the signal to remind us that this is the case right? Hunger is such an important communication tool because it tells us when we need to eat and when we're when it's time to stop. Now, it's very true that so many of us have lost that connection with our bodies, and so we don't necessarily hear hunger in the same way. And we've also conditioned ourselves to misinterpret hunger or, you know, misinterpret other emotions as hunger. And I witness this in myself all the time, you know, that when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I start to feel hunger. When I sit down and really, really feel that out, I can tell that the hunger is not actually my true physical hunger. It's just my urge for food. And I've done this work for a long enough time now that I actually know what my true physical hunger feels like. And I am able to separate, you know, emotional hunger from physical hunger quite easily. But this is work that we have to do. And so what I suggest that you do is that instead of looking at hunger or your appetite, as the enemy, look at it as a communication tool. And the thought that can help bridge that for you is something along the lines of, I'm working on getting in touch with my hunger again. I'm doing the work to figure out what physical hunger actually means for me. And so when you start to feel hungry and you start to feel anger towards that hunger because you're afraid to eat, see if you can just take a nice deep breath or two to calm yourself down a little bit, tune into your body and ask yourself what you really need. And if you are truly physically hungry, then let yourself eat. Thank your body for giving you this amazing sig signal to remind yourself that food is important. Allow yourself to eat without any guilt. And if you do take that breath or two and come to the conclusion that you're wanting to eat for reasons other than physical hunger, then spend a minute or two exploring what it is you think you might really need. Do you need to call a friend? Do you need to go for a walk? Do you need to have a nap? <laughs> like, what, what is it that you really need that you're looking to food to solve, right? And even if you do end up eating, at least you've started doing the work and doing that work will take you so far on your weight loss journey. It's not like you can snap your fingers and all of a sudden solve this problem of hunger, right? It's going to take a little bit. But if you remind yourself that you're working on understanding your physical hunger signals a little bit better, it will take some of the fear of feeling that hunger away. And the other thing that I also want to say is hunger is actually not an emergency, Many of us, particularly if you did experience food insecurity as some way, uh, in, in some way as a child, have fear of hunger. We feel that hunger and we're afraid that we're not going to get the food that we need. And part of this is probably quite biological and quite evolutionary in the fact that, you know, when we were back in our cavemen days, food was not always guaranteed. And so it might have made sense back then to fear hunger and fear the scarcity of food um, that might be part of reality. But in today's day and age where you cannot throw a stone without finding food somewhere, 
that is much less of a problem for us. And so also just reminding yourself that you're not going to die if you feel hunger. And if the hunger does get too much, there is always food nearby somewhere. And so hunger is actually not an emergency. So reminding yourself of those two things, that food is just a communication tool for you and that hunger is not um, an emergency can can be very helpful on your journey. All right. And the, you know, the the next thought that comes up all the time, and it's, it's just this belief that less food and more exercise is the royal road to weight loss. And it's no wonder that we all believe this because we hear it all of the time on commercials, different weight loss programs. We see it in books. And the fact is that it is simply not true. And the problem with believing that it is true is that if you just decide to restrict yourself and not eat as much as you need and run like a crazy person on the treadmill for hours per day every day thinking that it's going to produce weight loss when it doesn't give you the results that you want, what's going to happen? You're going to beat yourself up. You're going to be frustrated and disappointed, and you're going to end up in you know a cycle of yo-yo dieting, gaining the weight, losing the weight, gaining the weight, losing the weight, and feeling even shittier about yourself. And we really want to avoid that. And to avoid that, what we have to do is understand that weight loss is so much more complicated than calories in, calories out. Each of our bodies will metabolize different macronutrients in a different way. We will each react to exercise in a different way. And so many things go into this equation of metabolism that thinking about it as simply as eat less and move more is a broken strategy that is just going to leave you disappointed. And it may not feel any better to believe that weight loss is complicated, but what it can do is give you some reassurance that if you are overweight, it is likely not your fault. It is likely not your fault. There are so many biological systems at play when it comes to maintenance of weight that sometimes biology is actually working against us. And this is why we, we, we gain weight and we can use our biology to lose weight, but our biology can also interfere with that weight loss process. And so until you understand some of that biology and physiology that is in, is involved, you may not understand some of the adjustments that you need to make in terms of what calories um, you're intaking and how much you're exercising in order for you to, to be successful. And so believing that weight loss is as simple as calories in, calories out will will often result in you being frustrated. And so what I'd like you to what I'd like to encourage you to think instead is that weight gain and weight loss and weight maintenance is a very complex biological phenomenon and that I have to experiment to find what works for me. And it's really bringing in that curiosity and that expectation that we're going to experiment and find what works. That is the thought that's helpful. Because think about it this way. If you decide that you're just going to eat 
500 calories less per day and exercise an hour more every day. And that that should all somehow add up to one or two pounds lost every week. And then when that doesn't happen, you're going to feel lost and frustrated and defeated. But if you instead think, I don't know how my body's going to react, but I am going to try this experiment for two weeks and then see. At the end of the two weeks, if you did not see the weight loss that you expected, then you can conclude this experiment did not work. Let's try the next one. And you just do not feel quite as defeated and you're still motivated to go on and keep trying to find what does work for your body rather than just um, give up and feel so disappointed and start hating on yourself. So that is another toxic thought that we really need to work on eliminating from your brain this idea that less food and more exercise will ultimately result in weight loss. And then the next thing that I want to talk about is this idea that we must be perfect. And I mean, I hear this all of the time that, you know, people decide that they're going to, you know, sign up for another round of Weight Watchers or they're going to do my program or whatever it is. And they're going to do it absolutely perfectly, because if you find the perfect diet and follow it perfectly, then, of course, weight loss will result. Right. <laughs> no. The problem with this is that perfection does not exist. And if you commit to following something 100% and you have a moment where you don't, where you eat one thing off plan or you miss a workout or whatever it is for you, you feel like you have failed. And what happens to most of us when we feel like we failed is we completely go off the rails, right? We either abandon our efforts completely or we go on a full out binge to punish ourselves for it or we punish ourselves in some other way and it just feels like crap and it almost never results in weight loss that is sustainable in the long run. And so really what we want to look for instead is consistency. Consistent, consistency is absolutely important, but being consistent is not the same as being perfect. Okay, so you need to give yourself a little bit of space to screw up because you're human and it's going to happen. I screw up all of the time and I simply wipe the, wipe the slate clean and get right back on the horse the very next moment. I don't even wait till the next day. The very next moment I get back on the horse. And that's what's important, right? So if you subscribe to this idea of being perfect, this comes with all or nothing thinking, which tells us that we either have to do everything perfectly or we're not going to do it at all. And neither of those are going to result in weight loss at the end of the day. So instead, what I suggest you do is aim for an 80 or 90% consistency and allow yourself that 10 or 20% of the time to screw up <laughs> because it is going to happen anyway. You know it is. And if you give yourself permission ahead of time, you're not going to get thrown off track so easily right? So aim for consistency and slow improvements over time rather than that perfection. And this is a really hard one to get our heads wrapped around because I think that since we were little girls, so many of us have somehow gotten the message that we need to be perfect. And so challenging this belief is a challenging challenge, but I think it's one that is so, so important for all of us to do as we embark on the weight loss journey. And then the last one that I want to address is this belief that weight loss is what we need to be happy or loved or confident or fulfilled or, or whatever. 
many women have this belief that they are unhappy because of their weight. And in order to become happy, they need to lose weight. And I can see why this makes sense on the surface of it. Absolutely, I can. But the problem is I have met so many women who have perfect weights, athletic bodies are absolutely perfect by society standards who are still absolutely miserable, still do not love their body and are still looking for love and happiness, right? And the truth is if you are unhappy now, you are going to be unhappy when you lose your weight, right? If you're looking for love now, you're still going to be looking for love when you lose your weight. It's not like you hit some magic number on the scale and and like, ah, the angels start singing and Prince Charming knocks on your door. Like it, ju- it just does not work that way. And so what we need to be doing instead is asking ourselves what we need to be happy now and working towards that as we work on our weight loss, right? And so sometimes when I talk about this, people people misunderstand me and they think that what I'm saying is forget about losing weight and only focus on the other things that are going to make you happy. And that's not what I'm saying at all. All I'm saying is that we have to separate this idea of happiness from weight loss, right? And we can work on being happy at the same time that we're working on losing our weight and vice versa. And so instead of of really holding on to this belief that we need to lose weight or else we'll never be happy, to really just say, I'm working on being happy in the body that I have right now. And again, this isn't saying you should stay up in the body that you have right now. No, if you want to lose weight, by all means, have at her. I'm simply saying that if you want to be happy, you need to be happy in the body that you have now if you also want to be happy when you lose your weight, right? And I think that this is such an important thing. I cannot emphasize it enough. And I often ask my clients to, you know, to tell me what is life going to look like when you when you lose your weight? What is going to be different? And there are so many things that we could start doing right now in the bodies that we have right now to bring us that joy and happiness that we're looking for. And so that's all that I'm asking. Instead of 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 believing that you'll do that you'll be happy when you lose weight, lose your weight do all the things that you need to engage in your healthy habits and also start doing the things that you think will bring you joy right now. All right. Those are a handful of the common toxic beliefs that I hear from women. Do yourself a favor, eliminate those thoughts from your brain today. Start 2023 off with a healthy set of thoughts that are going to ensure your success in all of your goals as you start this new year. All right. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you so much for your support throughout 2022. I cannot wait to see where we go next on this podcast and I hope you'll be there on the journey with me. Thanks for listening.